You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. What are some rookie moves that new investors make that you could avoid by listening to The Real Wealth Show? I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks so much for joining me here. Our guest today, Brandon, just bought his first property and learned a lot of things along the way that I thought were really, really valuable to share with you here on today's show. So Brandon, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here. Let me start by saying what inspired you to choose real estate over the stock market. I mean, you may be also invested right. there, but what, what inspired you to choose real estate? Um, I think like, uh, like a few people, started reading that uh, purple book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, <laughs> a few years ago. Um, my dad had been trying to get me to uh, read that for a, a couple years, um, and I finally got around to it and wish I would have done it a few years ago. Yeah. Um, that kind of started my journey into like self-education, so I started listening to podcasts, um, including your show. I even read your book as well. Uh, and some, a bunch of other books as well, um, as I was trying to start to build up um, the funds for an initial down payment on my first property. Um, so one of the things that really stood out in that process of, of learning uh, with real estate versus yeah. investments? Um, I think just the, the five ways that you can grow uh, your, uh, your wealth. Um, it's not just uh, dependent on people buying or selling or any whimsical changes in the stock market. Um, you can actually be very planful and methodical and real estate moves very slowly comparatively. Um, so I liked the fact that you could educate yourself, kind of really hone in on uh, what your strategy would be, uh, which markets you want to target. Um, me being on the younger side, I kind of wanted a, a healthy mix of a, um, you know, a cash flowing market cash flowing market with with appreciation potential, um, knowing that I want to, you know, buy and hold for the long term. Um, so I think, you know, real estate provided, um, you know, that monthly cash flow, you've got your appreciation potential, you've got your inflation hedging, you've got your uh, tax benefits, and, um, you know, you can... Uh, do cash out refinances down the road. You can do 1031 exchanges to defer any tax. Um, so I just thought that there's a, a lot more advantages going this route than um, maybe some other investment vehicles. Okay, great. It, it is amazing that you can lock in these low interest rates for 30 yeah. years while we're seeing rents go up and home prices go up. So you've got someone paying down your mortgage for you. You've got tax benefits that saves you even more money and then somebody right. else paying off your debt and creating that growth, you know, the equity there. So yeah. if, if you just look at fundamentals, you don't have to worry so much about markets going up or down. Right. You just pay down the loan or I should say, let someone else pay it down for you. Exactly. Exactly. And pay less in April to the IRS. Okay, good. So I know when I bought my first property, there's, there were, felt like so many unknowns. It just yeah. felt like this overwhelming thing. Like, how do you even get a loan and read all those documents and look mm -hmm. at an inspection report and so forth? I know you said Leah, our investment counselor at Real Wealth Network, is really helpful. What, mm -hmm. did you, what did you learn from, let's just start with the loan application process? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think throughout the whole process, I learned the uh, incredible value about building a, a team around you. So um, Leah being one, one part of that team, um, I found a lender that I really like after speaking, like I, I went and did my rounds and interviewed different vendors that I'd like to work with. And I know that you guys have your preferred list of vendors um, and it's, I'm uh, uh, working with one of those. Um, and then, you know, uh, on the tax side, um, with working with CPA, making sure that your property management is solid um, since they're the boot, boots on the ground in that area. Um, but I think just kind of initially coming into it, uh, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, but I think you just got to get out there and start talking to people. Um, I think the more property management companies you talk to, the more lenders you talk to, the more well-informed you become. Um, you uh, can pick their brain about different questions to be asked, to be asking them. Um, and then you kind of start to develop um, different criteria that you'd be looking for um, as you become more exposed to it. Um, it it's, I mean, my advice to any new person starting out would just be just to jump in and, and do it. I mean, obviously do your groundwork and some homework well, you, you and, did, and a little bit of research. Did, um, watch a lot of webinars and yeah. books and listen to podcasts. So there was a, a learning that happened before you right. uh, started making those phone calls. Right. What was, were you surprised at all at what the mortgage broker came back with as far as what you could qualify for and how many? Uh, yes. Yes. I was uh, surprised by the, um, the quantity and the rate I ended up getting, um, uh, I had, you know, in all of my like cash flow projections had budgeted for a certain amount and it came in well below. And I think that wow. was, um, that's just nice. icing, icing, icing on the cake for, for that particular deal. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely want to utilize, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm married as well. So you know, utilize the 10 loans uh, in my name and then in my wife's name so we get, uh, you know, those 20 and then kind of game plan next steps after there, uh, after that point. Um, yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you that. Is that your ultimate goal is to, to get 10 each? And have... I, I, I think so. I'm, I'm relying on this property uh, to be my uh, proof of concept for my wife to get her to buy in. <laughs> I think she's trusted me thus far to uh, knowing that I've done my due diligence and research along the way. Um, but I think, um, you know, showing her the monthly mailbox money in the account, um, you know, I've been, you know, including her on any updates from property management or any uh, repairs that might be needed, um, kind of talking through um, different things. Um, and she has some good gut instincts on different questions to be asking uh, folks that I that I didn't even think of. So she's definitely been a, a great uh partner in, in, in that regard. Yeah. Wonderful. And it sounded like maybe now that you're having a family and starting a family, you have one child, all right. Yes. Do you intend to have one of you stop working at some point through the cash with the help of the cash flow? Yeah, that's, I think that's the ultimate, uh, kind of goal there, um, to use real estate as a vehicle for, you know, one of us at first to be, uh, job optional, and then hopefully down the road we can both be job optional and maybe do some kind of passion project work or uh, or just the main thing is just to be able to have flexibility um, to be able to kind of set up a, a comfortable life for um, for my little baby girl 
um, and any more that might follow. Um, so I think um, it's that, that that's the that's the goal uh, for now as I see it. That might grow and evolve and change, um, but right now definitely just to give us a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, and uh, and when you look at the tax benefits you'd get from owning those twenty properties, you would just save right off the bat enough money that the second person wouldn't even have to work because the, right. the tax savings would cover it. The question is, who quits their job first, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, what did you learn? Um, what surprised you about the kind of tax benefits you can get? Um, I, I think I was most. Um, the more I learned about both the cash out refinance options, how um, being able to basically use your home as a an ATM to pull cash out and redistribute that that equity for other properties that'll be income producing, um, that and also learning about the def deferred tax exchange, um, two different vehicles to kind of grow your portfolio. Um, I think initially for what might make sense for me is probably first looking at cash out refis, depending on how the market goes over the next few years. Um, I'd probably, probably, uh, you know, only want to put my own money into a down payment in, into one more investment, and then hopefully be able to use the income generated from, from those uh, income properties and any appreciation gained there uh, to kind of get the snowball rolling for um, you know, making other people's money work for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I think those were the two kind of standout things um, on the tax side that kind of like, oh, that's an aha moment. <laughs> now, you said when you actually went to uh, acquire your first property, there were some challenges. You were working with another group and, and you felt like just a number. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't wasn't going the way you wanted to. So you found Real Wealth and started working with Leah, who was able to really uh, look at your the whole picture and right. and um and and just yeah, you're more than a number. She really wants to see you succeed. Right. So when you uh, when you came into some issues with the inspection report on that property, what did you notice? I mean, why inspection reports never come back perfect, but what right. was on that report that had you walk away? Um, I think it was just the, like the volume of things that were wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, when going back to um, the seller kind of with my list of everything that I wanted to get repaired and have them cover and deal with, um, I did a reinspection after they said that they had done the work and still issues came back. And um, I got, I just had that kind of gut feeling that this probably wasn't a team that was, um, you know, up to the standards of kind of what I'm looking for. Um, I would have hoped that I wouldn't have to do different rounds of reinspection um, and that, you know, they would make the fixes to everything that um, I guess the first go, the first go round. Um, so ultimately what I, I just didn't feel comfortable having to go through multiple rounds and, um, you know, a little bit of la lapses and communication there and uh, lack oh, of transparency. I love, I love, love, love that you're saying this because, uh, you know, and I don't know which team this is and mm -hmm. we don't have to badmouth anybody here. No, no, of course. <laughs> but I, it is the investor's job 
to do their job, right? Uh, we can't just go and, and just to hope that something comes back. Well, this is real estate, right? It's, it's, it has issues. And the inspection report will tell you what those issues are. So first right. and foremost, so many people skip that step. Never, mm-hmm. ever st- skip the step of getting a third-party expert to look mm-hmm. from roof to basement what's going on in that property. Now, if you're buying a renovated property, a turnkey property, there's so many definitions for turnkey. There's probably mm-hmm. 50 different companies who call themselves turnkey, but they all have different standards. So right. one might think, oh, I just changed the carpet. Now it's turnkey. And another might say, I have completely rebuilt it with all new electrical, all new plumbing, all new mm-hmm. you know, everything, HVAC mm-hmm. and so forth. So at Real Wealth, we have standards that uh, any teams that we refer people to, they're supposed to meet our our. Uh, real income property standards, mm-hmm. but it's really hard for them to find those properties. So sometimes they just resell. They're called rental resales. They just mm-hmm. resell a rental that hasn't been updated mm-hmm. or they you know, provide brand new homes. So there's this whole spectrum of brand new to renovated to not renovated at all. Yeah. But it's the investor's job to find out the condition of the property because at the end of the day, you're the one buying it and owning right. it. Now it's yours. Right. You have to deal with it. Never skip the inspection. Then what I love that you did is you went back to the seller and said, hey, these are issues. Which ones will you fix? And Mm -hmm. a lot of times they'll come back and say, oh, I'll do all of them or some of them or none of them. It's up to Mm -hmm. the seller, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's their company. Mm -hmm. Uh, They said they fixed them. And then you got a second inspection report. Then did you have the inspector just go back or did you have to pay for a full new, completely new inspection? Um, yeah, so I had to pay for a reinspection, which was a lower price for him to go out and look at those uh, re- repaired items specifically. Um, and when you know he still had findings and like stuff looked like it hadn't been fixed, um, if I were to go one other round, I would have uh, had them would have asked the seller to pay for the third inspection. Um, but I think at that point I had just. Um, had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. So uh, yeah, that's, up, that's the third point away. I wanted to make is that you've already lost trust, right? Mm-hmm. You said there was problems with communication. They mm-hmm. said they fixed things they didn't. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would you go through and purchase that property? And I'm going to tell you, we see out of the thousands of people who invest, there are people who would still move forward. And mm-hmm. the reason is, oh, they think I don't want to go through that all again. Now I have to find a new property and get a new inspection. I already spent all this money on the inspection report. Right. Maybe these people will get better. And they go through with it, even though in their gut, they know they shouldn't. Right. So I really want to say I admire you for moving on. And was that a difficult, was that hard for you to do? Yeah, because I was, I was, you know, ready to pull the trigger, ready to get going, ready to get the, uh, um, the monthly rent checks. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think it was frustrating, but ultimately a great learning experience for me in like sticking to my guns and what I'm looking for and my standards and, um, you know, ensuring that I'm working with teams that I'm comfortable with, that I trust, uh, teams that have uh, good communication, that follow through on what they say they're going to do. Um, because, you know, that's, that's the kind of service that I would deliver to someone if I were in their position. So that's kind of what I expect. Um, And I I would want to have, um, you know, only surround myself with a team that is able to kind of uh, follow through on that. 
hundred percent. It's a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. You would mm-hmm. not want to, con- you know, pursue a relationship, a personal relationship, if at the very outset someone is letting you down and breaking trust. All right. So then you tried again, and where did you end up? What what city did you end up finding? Uh, in Cleveland, you know, found a uh, a great deal right in the price point. Um, uh, reserved it as as quickly as I could. Did my due diligence quickly. Um, and kind of proceeded with getting it under contract. Um, the close was a little bit drawn out only because of, uh, you know, delays in, with COVID, um, difficulty in getting, you know, technicians out in the middle of winter. I had mm-hmm. identified this property in late November and, um, you know, I think that was like right during the height of all the bad outbreaks uh, during COVID. So they're, you know, a little bit apprehensive letting people into the property for inspections and repairs. Um, and then having to deal with snow on the roof and, uh, and all those things that a California boy doesn't really know uh, firsthand how to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think, um, you know, ultimately it was, it was a very, good process the teams the team over there and the property management in places is solid and um you know it's been a good experience for me thus far um and a good market as well um kind of meeting the needs of uh what i was targeting like the mix of the cash flow and appreciation um but yeah i think for now i'm kind of you know i have my eye on that cleveland market and the cincinnati market um, and I know you have a, a great team based in Cincinnati, Dayton. We do. The problem is it's just been so hard for them to find inventory. I know. Prices. Cincinnati was one of the areas that uh, where prices went up the most, I think 17% since yeah. last year. So it's really hard for our team to kind of find those deals. But if, if they can, then grab them while mm-hmm. you can. Because right. I think with those tertiary markets, those sort of outlying markets, builders, national builders weren't flocking to them, right? So right. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of new inventory being brought in and yet demand is so strong. So, you know, we're seeing we're seeing areas that are typically flat, just woo, skyrocket in price and mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. the whole narrative of cash flow market go away right now. But yeah. I'm glad you were able to find something. What was the price point in Cleveland? Uh, around 120,000. I think also oh, that's slightly, amazing. Just slightly over. Yeah. So it's amazing it, and, you can still get that today. Good. Yeah. Good, good exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Well, what's some final advice you would give to our listeners who are kind of new to investing or just just thinking that it's just a horrible, terrible headache and they don't want to <laughs> do it? <laughs> I'd say um, do your research, uh, read, um, listen to podcasts, uh, watch videos. Um, and then kind of, I, I would say it's very helpful to work with a, an investment counselor like you have it, at, on your team. Um, they'll really help you be able to kind of narrow in and zero in on uh, markets that kind of fit your goals because um, no two investors' goals are the same. And, um, you know, what might work for me might not be the best fit for someone else. Um, so identify, like doing your research identifying what's important to you, what your goals are, and then, um, you know, talking with the investment counselor to kind of zero in on those markets that meet those needs. And then um, I think now it's just kind of a waiting game and got to act fast. Uh, once some inventory comes available, um, 
hoping, uh, you know, later this year, uh, as things start to open up, we start to see a little bit more inventory come available. But um, I think those would be my, my pieces of advice. And also just, um, you know, sticking to your guns in what your standards are um, and, um, and not really compromising on that because it's, it's a long-term game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So um, mm-hmm. you want to have good partnerships and team members in, in place um, that'll, that'll have your back for the, for the long haul. Oh, I love that. Yep. And you want to be in, in a good, you need to be well-prepared for a marathon and you <laughs> need to be well-prepared prepared for uh, building a portfolio in real estate. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you here on The Real Wealth Show. And thank you so much for sharing uh, the ups and the downs and the whole process of, of investing and getting of started. Really appreciate it. Of course. It. I appreciate right. you taking the time. Thank you. Well, we hope to have you back when, you, when, you've already, when you're up to 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can get access to hundreds of educational webinars for free at our website at realwealthshow.com. And you'll also get access to different property teams across the country who come really highly recommended by our members who can help you buy investment property that's been already renovated or is brand new with property management in place and sometimes tenants already in the properties for a, a kind of done for you investment property. And you can get access to that information again at realwealthshow.com. All you have to do is join and it's free to join. All right, have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.